The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. It's time for Americans to grow up and become financially responsible. Let's talk about something important. If you're in it for the money, that's not a bad thing. Do you realize how much money he just saved us? This is The Financial Physician with Lou Scatigna. The Financial Physician. It's the fastest hour in Money Talk Radio. It's also my pleasure to see to it that decent, hardworking people in this community aren't robbed blind by a pack of money-mad pirates. This is financial advice you can take to the bank. He's your money man. Show me the money. Your source for straightforward, no-nonsense financial advice. Bring me your money questions, because I'm here to help. And now, here he is, the financial physician, America's money doctor, Lou Scatigna. Hello, my friends. How are you? Welcome to the financial physician, Lou Scatigna here. We get together each and every Monday, 9 a.m. on the East Coast and uh, 6 a.m. on the West Coast to talk about money, markets, and politics. And you say, why politics? How does that fit in? Well, politics affects everything. Money-wise, it affects taxes. It's going to affect your health care. It affects markets. Uh, so it is a driver of our financial life. So we'll talk about that as well. Let's start off talking about the markets. Uh, the markets up to last week, uh, the world stock markets have been doing great. Uh, up until last week, um, the Dow was up about 15% year-to-date, and it's only June. And a lot of people scratching their heads. Why is the market going up? And it basically was the only game in town. I mean, interest rates on bonds were very, very low. Interest rates on CDs and savings are non-existent. And uh, things tend to keep going in the same direction they're going. As people say, hey, I'm missing a boat. I'm missing a train. Let me put some money in the market. But last week, reality came to Wall Street. Now, although the blame is going to go to Ben Bernanke, who while talking out of both sides of his mouth, as he usually does, he intimated that the Fed may start quote-unquote, tapering their quantitative easing program later this year and end it entirely by mid-2014. Well, the markets didn't like that at all. At all. Uh, But first of all, I can't believe for an instant that he's actually going to do this. I mean, because he can. We'll talk about that as we go along uh, with the program. But the market was due uh, uh, for a sizable correction. And this is what pushed it over. I mean, with the market up 15% uh, in less than six months, uh, that's a market that's way overbought uh, and is ripe for a correction because once the market starts going down, everybody wants to take their profits. They don't want to see them evaporate away. So uh, it tends to be a lot of people going through a small door, and and that's exactly what happened. So the Fed has its meeting. um, They release their statement, and then uh, Ben Bernanke has a press conference. So he comes out, and he intimates that if the economy – Starts to grow as he anticipates, and unemployment comes down. That this is what he expects to do. But at the same time, he said, if it doesn't, then we'll continue quantitative easing. See how he covers himself on both ends. Now, the market knew. I mean, there's been a lot of talk about this tapering of uh, of printing of money, of stimulating of markets. So it was no surprise that he came out and said this, and the markets really reacted violently. Um, on Wednesday afternoon, the Dow dropped 105 points in the two hours after he came out. Actually, it wasn't even two hours. It was about an hour and a half. And then on Thursday, the Dow dropped a whopping 354 points for a two-day, actually a one-day and a two-hour 459-point drubbing. Now, the Dow hasn't seen that in a long, long time. And if just the idea that the Fed may possibly, no, really, it may happen, kind of slow down uh, its $85 billion a month money printing, if that set the markets tumbling, what would happen if you really did taper or stop quantitative easing altogether? Now, keep in mind, the Fed's not saying that it's going to tighten monetary policy. It's not saying that. It's just saying it may slow down. That's what tapering means. It's money printing and it's bond buying. What it's been doing every single month for a while now is creating $85 billion in digital money, printing it, if you will, electronically, 
and buying U.S. Treasury bonds and mortgage bonds from the big investment houses. Now, $85 billion a month is a lot of money. And I mentioned it many times in this program just to give you a sense of how much money it really is. A billion is a thousand million. Imagine a thousand piles of a million bucks. I mean, any one of us would love to have a pile of a million bucks. A thousand million is a billion. So 85 billion is 85,000 million. So picture a huge field with piles of money, each a million dollars. There's 85,000 of them every single month. And what the Fed does is it prints that money and is buying bonds from the J.P. Morgans of the world, the Goldman Sachs's. And what's happening here is that the, every week the, the, the Treasury auctions off securities, Treasury securities to fund our trillion-dollar deficit and to fund our bonds that are maturing because we never pay them off. We just roll them over into a new bond. So you know, the, uh, the government needs to issue about three to three and a half trillion dollars worth of bonds every single year. Now, who's going to buy these bonds? Well, in the past, it was the Chinese, it was the Japanese, it was uh, other foreign interests. But they're no longer doing that. So far this year, in 2013, the Federal Reserve has bought about 75% of all debt issued by the United States of America. And they don't buy it directly. What happens is the at the auction, the primary dealers, which are the big boys on Wall Street, they buy the auction. And then a week later, they sell the same exact bonds to the Federal Reserve for a profit, mind you, for a risk-free trade. Uh, so the Fed's really monetizing the debt. They're buying the debt of the United States as it's coming out. And whenever a country starts doing that, printing money and buying their own debt, we're in big trouble. So the Fed's basically saying, hey, we may cut this back somewhat or we may end it next year, which they're never going to do. They're never going to do it. They could say they're going to do it and, and it looks good to do it, to say they're going to do it because of the dangers of continuing that policy. And what are the dangers? Inflation, hyperinflation or a currency crisis. But just coming out and saying it or thinking about it, even the possibility of it, spooked the markets. And it's spooking the markets today as well. Here we are at 9 a.m. The markets have not opened yet, but world stocks are down. China had a virtual crash in their market, down almost 6% today. And right now, futures on the Dow Jones Industrial Average are down 150 points. So today's going to be a really nasty day uh, on top of last week. Now, stocks were not the only asset class to get hammered. Bonds. Commodities were hit even harder than, than, than stocks. Gold and silver dropped to levels not seen in uh, almost three years. Gold closed over 13, under $1,300, down 7% last week. Silver dropped almost 10%, closing below $20. I think this is a temporary decline. And it's an amazing buying opportunity, in my opinion, because if we're going down the road of inflation, hyperinflation, and currency collapse, well, you want to own gold, you don't want to own stocks, you don't want to own bonds, and you don't want to own cash. But the gold market, as we mentioned many times in this program, is manipulated. The powers that be want gold and silver down right now because they don't want them soaring, going up in the face of all this other stuff that's going on with the Fed printing money. You would think the Federal Reserve is printing these 85,000 millions of dollars a month uh, that gold and silver would be going up. But no, it's gone down 25% this year. It's counterintuitive. Meanwhile, we have worldwide demand for physical gold and silver off the charts. Last week, 10,000 people in China were lined up to try to buy gold. The mints around the world are running out of gold and silver coins. But meanwhile, the price of gold and silver is going down. It's counterintuitive. It makes no sense. And it is creating an amazing buying opportunity for anybody who is underexposed in this area. And certainly central banks like China will take advantage of this. Now, the big story, though, in all the markets last week wasn't gold and silver wasn't the stock market. It was the U.S. Treasury bond market, which we have seen interest rates skyrocket over the last couple of months. May 1st, the interest on the 10-year U.S. Treasury bond was 1.6%. As I speak to you now, it's 2.61. So interest rates here in the United States, and this is mainly over the last week or so, have gone up 80%. And I've said on this program, watch the bond market. The bond market is going to signal when the next crisis and emergency is going to happen. And it's certainly signaling it. 
Just like a 1% increase. We have $17 trillion in debt. Interest rates go up 1%, as they have over the last two months. That means an annual additional cost of $170 billion to service that debt. And that's the thing now, is that we've seen um, interest rates uh, very, very low on U.S. debt. On our $17 trillion of debt, most of it's short-term. And as you know, because of the Fed's actions of printing all this money and buying all these bonds, they've kept interest rates artificially low. But now, the bond market is awakening to the fact that maybe Ben Bernanke will stop printing money and buying those bonds. I, again, I don't think it's going to happen, but it's spooking the market. And bond yields, I said, when they go past two and a quarter, the first alarm should go off. When they exceed two and a half percent and stay there, we are entering a financial crisis. And I'm, I mean a big financial crisis that's going to make 2008 look like child's play. And after the break, we'll talk about exactly what I think is going to happen uh, the remaining six months of this year. If you want to join us on the program, the phone number is 866-472-5788. My name is Lou Scotigna, and you're listening to The Financial Physician right here on the Variety Channel on voiceamerica.com. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Conservation starts with us. Learn about environmental concerns each week when you tune in to Our Wild World with host Ellie Weiss. Our show centers on Africa each week and what's being done to save our wildlife, ecology, and ourselves. However, we'll also discuss what's going on closer to home. And most importantly, we'll let you know what can be done in our own backyards by featuring guest experts and featuring your questions and answers. Listen every Monday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. Stock prices plunging, home prices receding, and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. You're listening to The Financial Physician. And America's money doctor, Lou Scatigna, is here to help you. Call with your questions now at 1-866-472-5788. That's toll free, 1-866-472-5788. Once again, here's Lou. All right, before the break, we were talking about the state of the financial markets, the state of the economy, and um, Ben Bernanke coming out and stating that he may taper off his stimulus, his money printing, his bond buying, and how it spooked the markets and how the stock market dropped 459 points in a, basically a day and a half, not even, and how virtually all assets got killed last week. Commodities, bonds, stocks, as people uh, try to avoid risk as um, uh, just a prospect of the potential that maybe they may stop printing money. It shows you how the market has been so addicted to this artificial stimulus. Now, there's no free markets anymore. And I've said this on this program many times. It's just manipulations. Stock market's manipulated because all that money that's being printed finds its way into the stock market. The bond market has been manipulated as the Fed prints money and buys bonds to keep interest rates low. The gold and silver market is the most manipulated market out there. It goes down when it should go up. It's the only market in the world where supply has risen off the charts and uh, – I mean, demand has risen off the charts and supply has dwindled and the price goes down. It's because of the paper market, the COMEX, where they can sell millions and millions of ounces that they don't even have and never will have. And it manipulates the market. Why? Because gold and silver are the canary in the coal mine. 
gold and silver soaring makes people think that paper currencies are worth less. And that's exactly what central banks do not want people to think, that paper currencies uh, are worth less or worthless. So we got to keep gold. They got to keep gold down no matter what they do right now. That'll change because sooner or later the big boys on Wall Street will see the, the writing on a wall and they will go long gold and silver and protect themselves against what's coming. But uh, gold and silver uh, this year have been taken to the woodshed just when they should be soaring. Every anecdotal story in the physical market is bullish. People who have their, their gold bars stored in Swiss banks can't get them when they ask for them. That's because their bars are owned by 10 different people, most likely. Buying gold and silver, sometimes you have to wait three, four, five weeks to get delivery. So it's kind of a weird market where it's the only market in the world where uh, demand is soaring, supply is dropping, and the price goes down. But again, that's manipulations. So all markets are manipulated. Now, if the Fed no longer manipulates the bond market and it's free to trade uh, where it should trade, we're going to see soaring interest rates in the United States. And that's the last thing this economy needs. On uh, last week, housing stocks were severely hit as the prospect of higher mortgage rates dampened sentiment about the housing recovery. It's been a tepid recovery. Interest rates have been at historic lows. Now, interest rates on mortgages are tied to the 10-year Treasury bond. So with the 10-year Treasury bond going from 1.6% on May 1st to 2.63% as I speak, interest rates on mortgages are starting to rise. And the only reason we stopped the bloodletting in the housing market was just the incredible low mortgage rates that were available, which made housing very affordable. You combine low mortgage rates, uh, the decline in the housing market, and first-time homebuyers were starting to move back into the market. My brother's a real estate agent, and he's been busy as hell after a brutal few years. He's been busy as hell this year because people are starting to move into housing. Now, if we have housing uh, mortgage rates going up, it'll be disaster for real estate prices and the real estate market and foreclosures and all that. And as I mentioned before, interest rates going up adversely affects our debt service. We have $17 trillion in outstanding debt and counting and adding three, four, five billion dollars a day. And every 1% increase in bond rates translates into $170 billion more in outflows that, that's not available for other services, for defense, for health, for anything. It's money goes out the door. It's the number one obligation that the government has is paying interest on its debt. So what happens when we have $20 trillion in debt two years from now? And interest rates are 5% instead of 1.6. Almost our entire tax revenue is going to go to debt service. What that simply means is our, our, our budget deficit will explode. The Fed will have to continue to print massive amounts of money. At the end of the day, the dollar will be crushed. And the only thing that's prevented the dollar from being crushed so far is the fact that it's the reserve currency of the world. But that's changing. In very, very fundamental ways. Oil now is being traded in other than U.S. dollars in some kind of parts of the world. The emerging uh, economies, the BRIC countries, Brazil, Russia, India, uh, they're all starting to use uh, their own currencies in trade. And even gold in some cases. So these rising interest rates in the bond market spells disaster. Not only for the U.S. economy, but for the entire Western economy. And I've been warning you all year that there was going to be a financial crisis in 2013 that will dwarf the 2008 financial crisis. Now, whether or not it's begun right now, it's hard to say. I don't like what I'm seeing, especially in a bond market. But typically, you don't see real – historically, you don't see real big crashes or, or, or things like that during the summer. The markets are really thin. People are on vacation. People don't pay too much attention to what's going on. It's usually when everybody gets back after Labor Day. Uh, that's why you see crashes typically in the September and October. You don't usually see it in the summer. It doesn't mean it can't happen. I mean, certainly events can make it happen. So I'm not sure if it's happening now or it's just starting and we're going to have a bounce in the, um, you know, in the summertime and then have the, the fall bring us that, that, that crash. But I'm telling you. I'm telling you that we are looking at a severe situation. And again, not only the U.S. market, in the China market, which crashed today. 
down uh, almost 6%. We've seen extreme volatility in the Japanese market, which was up something like 30 or 40% for the year before it started crashing. And now we've had, including today, we're going to have eight straight days in the U.S. stock market with 100-point moves, up or down. And that's not good to see because that kind of volatility um, is bad. And it's usually indicative of a topping action. So uh, what's happening now is quite dramatic. And I think uh, I think Bernanke made a big mistake. There was no reason he had to come out and uh, tell the world that he may stop uh, quantitative easing. There's no reason for it. Because he's saying he's only going to do it if the economy does this. So why not keep his options open and not you know, have to revert back to saying, oh, well, the economy is not doing so well, so I have to go to QE again. So he's painting himself into a box, and, and the markets now are fearful. And now where we had a lot of excitement about the stock market as uh, the only game in town going up, uh, now we're headed for a very, very scary time. And you know, I knew this was coming because I was starting to get calls from our clients who are not in the stock market uh, that are in more conservative investments uh, calling me and saying, you know, maybe I should put some money in the stock market. And that's always indicative of, um, of a top. Right, let's go to a caller. We have uh, Joe who's calling us from Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Joe, how are you? Welcome to the program. Hey, good morning, Lou. Uh, good morning. I have a question about the uh, listen to the talking heads uh, on uh, the business network. Can you d- differentiate the uh, paper commodities market? Like uh, I've been listening to you from your days of XM, and and um, I have a significant position in uh, CEF, the uh, audited gold silver fund. Would that, be, uh, would that be considered a paper market? Because right now, now the talking heads are jumping on your bandwagon uh, about uh, staying away from the G- GLDs and SVRs and, and how it's a, uh, uh, a very sketchy place to be in um, paper contracts. Well, paper contracts, for all intents and purposes, is futures contracts that trade on uh, various futures exchange, uh, notably the COMEX. These are areas where massive amounts of gold uh, and silver have been sold by investment banks, namely J.P. Morgan, the Goldman Sachs of the world, to mute the price of the physical market. And they could sell as much as 50 tons in two minutes. You know, All of a sudden, you see a waterfall decline on the COMEX. You wonder, who sells like that? Nobody who's trying to get the most money for the gold would ever bomb a market like that. That's done for one reason only, to push the price down. And the big firms on Wall Street have gotten mega short. Uh, they have been in the past. Anyway, that's starting to turn the other way now. But have been mega short. They needed to get the market down so they can cover those shorts at a profit. This is a criminal enterprise. I mean, this is absolute racketeering at the highest level. I mean, these firms, you know, they're just ripping off the public, and the government turns the other way. Actually, they like it because they want gold and silver down. So the paper market could be influenced. CEF, which is a bullion-based audited fund, is paper. It's pseudo-paper because you don't have the gold in your hand. It's not coins. But they have the gold in a vault. It's audited, so it's not the same as having a futures contract that somebody has to deliver it to you. So the price of gold and silver is manipulated in the futures arena utilizing paper contracts selling gold that will never be delivered because these contracts are settled usually for cash uh, and uh, and they can influence uh, the physical market at the same time the, the lower the price of gold and silver go down the more people are lined up around the world to get their hands on it and are finding it's very difficult to buy anything in size and if so have to wait a significant amount of times for delivery so people are not selling gold. They're buying gold. They're buying silver, but the price goes down. And that's what I said earlier in the program. It's the only market in the world where demand can skyrocket, supply can dwindle, and the price can go down. And again, that's done for political reasons. It's done to give cover to the Federal Reserve, which has been printing $85,000 million a month and will continue to do so regardless of what Ben said last week. And, uh, and, and the result will be ultimately a soaring gold and silver market. Uh, and uh, and the crashing bond and stock market and, and, and currency market. That's where we're going. So I tell people out there who, who own uh, gold investments, whether it's CEF, whether it's physical gold, what have you, is that you just got to ride it out here uh, because this is a, a, an orchestrated takedown. It's done for a certain reason. And my guess is the big boys are getting long right now and clo- closing out their short contracts and going long because they know better than you and I do. 
uh, what the ultimate result of quantitative easing is and how this is going to end. And they know the timing of it. And uh, we've never we've seen a dramatic drop in a short position uh, over the last couple of months of um, of these big banks. Also, we've seen the inventories on, on the commodities exchange uh, and J.P. Morgan's vault plummeting as people are taking delivery now. Instead of settling their contracts for cash, they're saying, "No, g- give me give me my hundred ounces of gold." And now they are taking a delivery, and that's going to change the whole game because ultimately the COMEX will default. These people will not be able to deliver the gold that they've sold to these people, and that's how the game will end. That's how the COMEX paper game will end, and now the physical market will determine the price, and I think we're at an inflection point. So anybody who's been thinking about uh, increasing their position in precious metals or establishing one because they felt they – they, they missed the, the train when we got to 1900. Uh, now's the, the opportunity to do so, in my opinion. Could we go to 1200? Absolutely, we could. Who knows? I mean, it's a manipulated market. But that is an opportunity uh, for those to buy cheap metals because everybody else around the world is trying to do it, including central banks, namely uh, China's central banks. Hey, thanks for the call. Really do appreciate it. We're going to take a break. 866 472 5788 is the phone number. You're listening to Financial Physician. I'm Luce Katig. They don't go away. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Tune into Around the World in a Glass, presented by Sportsman's. We're a show all about wine, spirits, and other beverages. Your host, Kimber Stonehouse, is a professional expert and wine enthusiast. Each week, we'll focus on a different region of the world, discuss wines and other beverages, talk about some of the top restaurants in the region, and what to pair with which wine. Just listening could make you almost an expert. Around the World in a Glass is heard live every Wednesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Are you a business innovator, or are you just sitting on the sidelines? Tune in every week for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Host Bonnie D. Graham talks to a cross-section of the movers and shakers who are leading by example. They will share best practices and innovative ideas to keep you thinking and moving along with the best. Join us for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP, Wednesday mornings at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. On The Financial Physician, we don't just cover the good time financial news. We cover the good, the bad, and the ugly. Have a question for America's money doctor, Luce Katigna? Call him now at 1-866-472-5788. Or email the show. Here's the address, lou at thefinancialphysician.com. Now, back to Lou. All right, the Dow Jones Industrial Average has just opened down 140 points. Uh, I'm not sure if all the components of the average are open yet, but um, uh, as uh, advertised in the futures market, uh, the Dow's down big, and that's after a huge down week last week. And and as I said uh, this morning or overnight, uh, the Asian markets were down big with the Shanghai index in China uh, down almost 6%. So tremendous volatility in world stock markets. Uh, looking at, um, at at Europe, we see uh, the DAX down over 1%. Uh, the, the CAC, uh, Kant, uh, which is the French market, down 1.7%. Uh, the FTSE, which is the, 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 the England market, down 1.26%. So uh, the global bloodbath continues. And... Um, we see uh, rates uh, up across the board. The U.S. 10-year Treasury bond is uh, up to 2.63%. That's up uh, nine basis points from Friday, but up uh, 102 basis points from May 1st, which is a tremendous move in bonds. And as I said earlier in the program, and I've said for weeks, watch the bond market. The bond market is the key to what's going to happen in the economy and what's going to happen to the stock market. And the bond market is the story. The U.S. Treasury bond market is falling, which means there's massive selling going on. Because remember, the Fed's buying every day. 
It's printing $85 billion a month and buying these bonds. So that means that there's more selling than the Fed can buy right now. And this has been the big concern to me that sooner or later we'll have a panic, not in the stock market, but a panic in the bond market. And we're starting to see that now. Now, could this reverse? Yes, it could. But what's interesting is typically when you have stocks going down, the money goes to safety, which is usually U.S. Treasury bonds. So yields would go down when the stock market went down. And that is not happening now. We're not seeing that flow of money out of the stock market into bonds. We're seeing it into cash. So the bond market's going down with the stock market. And it's not only the U.S. bond market, it's the Germany bond market, it's the Italian bond market, it's the Spanish bond market, and it's the Japanese bond market. In the face of massive money printing across the spectrum. So this is a different kind of bond market that we're seeing right now, and it's very concerning to me. And I think that there is a crash coming in the stock market and the bond market. It's coming. And I think it's coming this year, and it, it may have started right now. But it's healthy for the stock market. I mean, the market can't go up straight. I mean, you can't go up like, you know, seven out of eight days for months. You can't do it because when it finally turns, you have a crash. It's healthy for markets to give and take. It's healthy for markets to correct a little bit. Now, whether or not this is just going to be a short-term correction or this is going to be a, a, a big bloodbath crash right now during the summer, uh, my guess probably is that it's not going to be a crash unless there's some event, a failure of a big bank or, or a failure of something you know, or continued weakness in China. Uh, because these things don't usually happen in the summer. They usually happen in the fall. And if... These things happen usually in the fall, any big event. Chances are that there's some cyclical reason for that. Uh, so my guess probably is we see uh, uh, maybe a 10% correction in the market, maybe a counter-trend rally in July into August. Uh, and then when people come back from vacation and um, after Labor Day, we'll see um, a big, big uh, crash, whatever you want to call it, a panic uh, in markets. And at that point, I think we see gold and silver Oil, tangible assets, go the other way. Now, what we have been seeing is we've been seeing strength in the U.S. dollar. Because out of all the currencies out there, the U.S. dollar right now is perceived as uh, the best of the worst. But ultimately, confidence in the U.S. dollar is going to uh, wane, and we're going to see just the opposite. Uh, lack of confidence in the U.S. dollar, because again, Ben Bernanke cannot stop quantitative easing. He talks about it, but he can't do it. The markets cannot take it because if, we're lo if we see the bond market dropping and interest rates uh, rising like they are now with the Fed buying $85 billion a month, imagine if they weren't there. And Bernanke knows that, look, there's not one trader on Wall Street, there's not one economist out there that doesn't believe that if they stop quantitative easing that the economy is going to tank. There's not one economist out there. So let's think about it. It's been five years that the Fed has kept interest rates virtually at zero. Five years. And where are we? Still over 7% unemployment. It has helped the housing market, I'll say that. But it really hasn't helped real employment. It hasn't grown GDP in any way uh, that would indicate a significant recovery in the economy. It's been tepid at best. And this rising interest rate environment that we're in now uh, will filter into the economy and it's going to filter it's filtering into the housing market as we speak uh applications for refinancings last week just plunged because people saw the rates go up and they wanted to wait to see if they can get uh, a better deal so the bond market is the key the corporate bonds are going down high yield bonds are going down sovereign bonds around the world are going down and interest rates are rising across the board and now, uh, the reason why China's down big today is that the, the government came out and told China's banks that are really stressing right now. You know, in China, they had just a, an unbelievable building boom. They're building cities like in two months, you know, something crazy like that. Well, that money comes from banks. We also have a lot of Chinese who are buying real estate. And now their economy's slowing down uh, in recession, if you will. And now these banks that lent out all these money have a lot of vacant property. It's just total ghost cities in China, if you've seen it. Go on the internet and look up China ghost cities, and you'll see pictures of these whole cities that are built. That nobody's there. It's quite. It's actually ghostly. I mean, it's, it's just, uh, they, they're called ghost cities. Just try to keep people working. 
But China came out today and told the banks, uh, it's your problem to fix your, uh, your, your liquidity problems. And last week we saw uh, you know, a surge in, in, in interbank lending rates in China, where banks lend to each other. And it sparked fears of a credit crisis, kind of like we had in 2008, where everything locked up. Nobody wanted to lend money to each other. And today we had a, virtually a market crash. I mean, a 6% decline in one day. And uh, that's affecting world markets today, Monday, as everything's down. Now, how far that'll go, who knows? Who knows? Now, last week, you know, getting back to gold and silver, gold was down 7% for the week. I mean, it was just taken to the woodshed. I mean, for no reason. Because the powers that be wanted it down. And today we're down a little bit more, not, not a big deal. So, so gold's trading at $1,286 an ounce. Now, keep in mind, 10 years ago, it was $400 an ounce. So, I mean, it's still significantly high. I mean, everybody's comparing gold to, to its high of 1900 Well, gold got ahead of itself and is now correcting or being you know, manipulated into a correction. But that, that's fine. That's fine. You know, I always look at my gold position. I never look at it as, as an asset that I want to go up. I always looked at it as financial life insurance. That if the worst happened, the U.S. dollar crashed, hyperinflation set in, civil unrest, what have you, banking failures, bail-ins in our banking system, what a bail-in is, a bailout's when the government gives the bank money so it can stay liquid. A bail-in is when they take your money out of your account as a depositor because the bank is failing. And that's what happened in Cyprus. And that was the template, that was the blueprint for what the Western world will do if too big to fail banks are going under. In Cyprus, if you had more than 100,000 euros in your uh, bank account, it was taken. Just realize that you know, you're in, when you put money in a bank, you're basically lending the bank money. And they're going to pay you an interest rate for that money. Right? That's what, that's, what, that's, what, that's what a loan is, right? You know, If you're on the other end of the loan, you borrow money from a bank and you pay them interest rates. Much higher than they pay you, that's for sure. But when you put money in a bank, you're lending the bank money. The bank goes bankrupt. Theoretically, you're a creditor. And new rules and new regulations put out by the Federal Reserve and uh, the England, ba- England banking system state right in it that bail-ins are going to be the template in the future for two big-to-fail banks. That no longer will bailouts where the governments put, provide money to the banks. That's not the way they're going to do it. Depositors are going to lose money. Now, whether or not that's the money over the FDIC limit, which is 250000 or they come out and say, no, it's going to be 100000 that the FDIC can't afford to, uh, to reimburse the, the entire banking system, every depositor. And that's the thing about FDIC insurance is that it gives us a false sense of security. My money is insured. You walk into a bank, there's a sign right there, FDIC. And back during 2008 when we had the financial crisis, the FDIC upped the limit. From $100,000 per account to $250,000 per account. It was supposed to be temporary, uh, but they kept it for the in- forever now. But just think about it. How much money does the FDIC have? I think $35 billion or something like that. That's one bank. I just realized that if a J.P. Morgan or Morgan Stanley or a Citigroup or a Bank of America, any one of those failed, they all fail. Because what's happening to that bank is not going to be unique. And these banks all have derivatives with each other, tying them all together. It's a domino effect. So if we have all these banks failing, the FDIC doesn't have the capital to reimburse every depositor. You know, FDIC insurance is really made for, you know, the the occasional bank that fails. Not for these gigantic banks. It wasn't made for that. There's not enough money for it. Now, granted, maybe, you know, the Federal Reserve would print trillions of dollars and give it to FDIC to bail us out, pay us our insurance. But what good would that be? While the dollar is plummeting and we have hyperinflation at the same time. And that may be the trade-off. But again, according to a new document released last month between the FDIC and the Bank of England, the bail-ins is the way that it's going to go. Last week, uh, there was a gold promotion in uh, China, and 10,000 people showed up. 
They were selling it um, uh, for two ninety nine won per gram. Okay, that's about fifty to seventy won lower than normal. Okay, so figure about a twenty percent discount, uh, and ten thousand people lined up. Supposedly for um, a barbaric metal that's in a bear market. And I put um, on the website, which you should visit every day, my blog on the, the financialposition.com, uh, I put a, the, the article and a picture of these people queued up for basically miles uh, to buy gold at a discount. It's really quite amazing. And meanwhile, you know, we see gold going down. Very, very important article this week uh, that um, – well, I'm going to save it. I'm going to save it for after the break. I don't want to get into it because it's quite extensive. But uh, uh, just let's, uh, before we go to break, to say that the rating agencies in the United States, Moody, Standard & Poor's, they're the real culprit in the financial crisis that took place in 2008 and that we're all enduring right now. We'll talk about that after the break. 866-472-5788 is the phone number if you want to be part of the program. My name is Lou Scatigna and you're listening to The Financial Physician right here on the Variety Channel on voiceamerica.com. News. Opinion. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Listen for Trust Across America every week on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in as host Jordan Kimmel is joined by national experts in the fields of accounting, finance, organizational behavior, and sustainability, as well as companies that are applying strategies that are enabling them to be recognized as doing the right thing by the American Trust Awards. Your host Jordan Kimmel is himself a trusted professional with years of experience in applying strategies and consulting with today's leading firms. Trust Across America is heard Wednesdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Variety. Each week, Jimmy Gould brings you the stories and the people that you want to hear about. Tune in to A Current Life to hear about the journey to success, how our guests became the people they are today, and the highs and lows they experienced along the way. Each hour will leave you inspired and entertained as Jimmy gets up close and personal with every week's guest and shares ideas you can identify with and apply to your own life. A Current Life with Jimmy Gould airs Fridays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. There should be mandatory personal finance courses taught in both high school and college. You're listening to The Financial Physician. Financial illiteracy is the number one reason the average American has little or no net worth. America's money doctor, Lou Scatigna, is here to help you now. Give him a call at 1-866-472-5788. That's toll free, 1-866-472-5788. Now, back to Lou. Okay, welcome back. We're talking about the state of financial markets worldwide, and we talked about Ben Bernanke and his statement last week that he may stop or slow down, or taper was the word, um, his quantitative easing program, which is the printing of money or digital printing of money and the buying of $85 billion of bonds uh, each and every month, which has helped keep keep interest rates down and has fueled uh, uh, running the stock market up. And uh, he said this on uh, on Wednesday, and uh, we saw a big downturn in world stock markets after he said that. And it's continuing today. As we speak, the Dow is down 160 points, uh, and uh, it doesn't look like there's any um, any indication that this downturn in the market is going to turn around anytime soon. And the main reason is the bond market. And as I was mentioning uh, in, earlier in the program, it's the bond market that holds the key here. Why is it so important? It's because of interest rates. I mean, interest rates that governments borrow at. And, and interest rates have been going up and quite dramatically over the last week, which means that it's going to cost governments worldwide more money to borrow money. And that includes countries in Europe. And we know what's going on in Europe. They're all in trouble. We know what's happened in, in, in Greece, Spain, Italy, 
all these countries. Now, we're taking a look at rates, uh, live rates as we speak, and uh, we see that uh, the U.S. Treasury, 10-year Treasury, uh, is at 262, the interest 262%, up eight basis points today, or three and a quarter percent today, after going up big time last week. The German 10-year is at 184. It's up 11 basis points, which is a 6.5% increase in rates there today. Italy's up over 3% in rates. And um, the United Kingdom, uh, their 10-year bond is up 7% today. And again, that's in addition to other big increases last week. So that's the, that's what we've got to keep an eye on. If we keep seeing rates go up, uh, the stock market is going down big time. And we'll see a panic in these markets. And right now, we're seeing a panic in the bond market. And the bond markets are the much bigger market than the stock market. And right now, people are selling bonds of all types. And that's having, obviously, a negative impact uh, on uh, stock markets worldwide. Now, before the break, I mentioned uh, rating agencies and how they were the main culprit uh, in the financial crisis. Now, Matt Taibbi, uh, who's a, a, a columnist for the Rolling Stone of all uh, magazines, uh, over the last few years have been putting out incredibly um, – good articles about what happened in a financial crisis. He's investigated a lot of things, uncovered a lot of things, and uh, he had an article that came out last week, and, and it's titled The Last Mystery of the Financial Crisis. And he talks about rating agencies and and, and, and and why they were the culprit here. They're one of the culprits. I mean, it's all part of a one big criminal enterprise, Wall Street. We know that. Uh, but what about the rating agencies? Let's re read part of the article here. Isn't it true that almost none of the fraud that swallowed Wall Street in the past decade could have taken place without companies like Moody's and Standard & Poor's rubber stamping it? Aren't they guilty too? Man, are they ever, and a lot more than even the least generous of us suspected. Thanks to a mountain of evidence gathered for a pair of major lawsuits by the San Diego-based law firm of Robbins, Geller, Rudman, and Dowd, documents that, for the most part, have never been seen by the general public, we now know that the nation's two top ratings companies, Moody's and Standard & Poor's, have for many years been shameless tools for the banks, willing to give just about anything a high rating in exchange for cash. An incriminating email after incriminating email, executives and analysts from these companies are, quote, admitting their entire business model is crooked. Quote, Lord help our effing scam. This has to be the stupidest place I've worked at, writes one Standard & Poor's executive. Quote, as you know, I had difficulties explaining how, and H-O-W is in capital letters, we got to those numbers since there is no science behind it, confesses a high-ranking S&P analyst. If we are just going to make it up in order to rate deals, then quantitative analysts are of precious little value, complains another senior S&P man. Let's hope we are all wealthy and retired by the time this house of cards falters. That's what these guys are saying in emails to each other. Now, if that's not incriminating, <laughs> I don't know what is. And the primary function of a rating agency is to define what is safe to buy. And mainly it's bonds, but it's other things that they, they rate. And... Uh, that's how you determine as an investor whether or not you want to buy a bond based on the ratings. And we know a couple of years ago, S&P lowered the AAA rating of the United States to AA+. Um, but people still looked at U.S. bonds as safe at the time. And a AAA rating is to the financial world what the USDA seal of approval is to a meat eater or virginity to a Catholic. Now I'm reading his article. It's supposed to be sacrosanct. Inviolable, and according to Moody's own reports, AAA, AAA investments should survive the equivalent of the U.S. Great Depression. Now, we know that wasn't the case because they had AAA ratings on many mortgage bonds, mortgage securities that absolutely should not have had it. But the problem with these bond rating agencies is that if you didn't give the right ratings to these banks who are issuing these arcane bonds, then they take their business elsewhere, and they pay the rating agencies to rate them. Now, how's that for a conflict of interest? We get paid by the issuer to rate their bond, and if we don't rate it appropriately, they'll go somewhere else and pay them to rate it the way they want, AAA rated. The Financial Crisis Inquiry Commission published a case study in 2001 of Moody's. Moody's in particular discovered that between 2000 and 2007, 
the agency gave nearly 45,000 mortgage-backed securities AAA ratings. One year, Moody's doled out AAA ratings to 30 mortgage-backed securities every day, 83% of which were ultimately downgraded. Quote, this crisis could not have happened without the rating agencies, the commission concluded. Thanks to these documents, we now know how that happened. And showing as they do the back and forth between the country's top rating agencies and one of America's biggest investment banks, Morgan Stanley, in this case, um, in advance of two major subprime deals, they also lay out in detail the evolution of the industry-wide fraud that led to the implosion of the world economy. How banks, hedge funds, mortgage lenders, and rating agencies working at an extraordinary level of cooperation teamed up to disguise and then sell near-worthless loans as AAA securities. It's the black box in the American financial airplane. So basically what's going on here, very simply, and he's uncovered this. Now, my question is, why isn't this in the Wall Street Journal? Why isn't the Wall Street Journal reporting it? Why is it Rolling Stone Magazine's Matt Taibbi doing this work, uncovering this stuff? Right? Because they're all part of it. That's the thing. They're all crooks. And Wall Street has been raping America for a long time. And over the last 10 years, they've really ramped it up. And it's hurting all of us. Those of us who are out of work, those of us who are losing their homes, those of us who have part-time jobs with no benefits. It was all the result of this scam. The rating agencies, rating bonds, mortgage bonds, AAA, when they were worthless. And when it blew up, it blew up and triggered derivative time bombs across the not only the nation, but the world. We're still paying a price for it. The bond market is the key. We are seeing tremendous volatility in world stock markets, world bond markets. You need to protect yourself. We're heading for a financial crisis that's going to make 2008 look like a walk in a park. And I've been saying it for some time, and uh, I've been saying it in the face of a rising stock market worldwide. Uh, but now it's here. Reality has hit Wall Street. The Dow is now down 200 points. Uh, it's 10 o'clock. Monday morning. All right, we get together each and every Monday, 9 a.m. on the East Coast, 6 a.m. on the West Coast. Remember the website, thefinancialphysician.com. Visit my blog each and every day. My email address, love your emails. My email address is lou, L-O-U, at thefinancialphysician.com. Have a wonderful week, and please join me next Monday and every Monday for the next edition of The Financial Physician. Have a great week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.